Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. What is God saying about the harvest? Um, it's a word that I've been thinking about for a couple of days. And after that word I got last night for us, I felt like that's what we needed to press into. Of course, this past Thursday night, we talked about economics and finances and what God is saying to us about uh, ourselves. Then I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. It was so good. If you weren't on Thursday night, uh, try to jump on uh, this Thursday night because it was so good. It was so great to hear what God is saying to everybody and how it all weaves together. That's the cool part because uh, there were several people that had this, you know, the same um, core of the word, but uh, they all had a different perspective, a different stream, a different aspect of it. So that was really neat. I enjoyed that. Uh, so if you can join us Thursday night, that's what we're praying into. And, you know, one of the things we can really pray into also is when we get back to normal, how do we want to continue our Thursday nights via Zoom or in person? So that's just a little uh, PS on the side to be praying into. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about America's breakthrough. And I feel like this is such a season of breakthrough for America. And, you know, they say about Florida, as Florida goes, so does America. Well, as America goes, so does the world. So uh, America is having amazing things happening to it right now, even through this pandemic. And over the last couple of weeks, I've done a couple of Zoom conferences. I don't know if you guys saw the five nights um, for Florida that went on all last week. You can see it on our Facebook page, our, our Gathering Facebook page. If you didn't get to see it, we did a round table last night, which was really interesting. Uh, but there was so much being shared about God's heart and what he's saying to us. And that's really what people want to know. They want to know what is God saying? And that, that's why we're gathering on Thursday night. You know, the couple of things that was shared on Thursday night that was so incredible was uh, the uh, understanding of the priesthood and how we are, a, a, we are the priest of the Lord. And really that priestly anointing right now is so important and investing, investing in our future, investing in the people around us um, and invest, making sure that we look after the poor, invest in the poor and where they are in this season. Um, obedience, that was a big thing on Thursday night, talking about obedience. And, and when we follow the Lord in obedient to what he calls us to do, then we're able to walk in the fullness, in the blessings that the Lord has for us. So that was a big theme for many, many different people. And then uh, also America, our president and the economics surrounding it. And I'm gonna take all this, I shared this on Thursday night, I've already started working on it and write a, uh, an article for Elijah List to share what God is showing our gathering family, our part of the body. We're also going to um, send elements of it to our president, to our governor, uh, possibly leaders, uh, that type of thing. So uh, governmental leaders, um, 
yeah, governmental leaders. Because we want, we want to be able to confirm to them what the Lord may be speaking to them in different ways. You know, it's funny because we know that the Lord speaks to everybody. It's just whether they recognize it's the Lord or, the not, or not. And God sends voices to surround people that speak the word of the Lord so that they can pick up on what the Lord is doing. So we want to make sure that what the Lord has shown us for our nation, for our state, for our community, we want to make sure that we share it in a way that will encourage, build up, and even give the, uh, the governmental leaders a piece of the puzzle they didn't have before. When they, when they read it, we're hoping that there'll be such an anointing on it that they'll be able to pick up a piece of the puzzle that they hadn't had before or get that confirmation they needed to go forward with something that they had. So that's, that's actually what we're doing. Um, and today I feel, I felt like I was supposed to talk about America and our breakthrough. And, you know, some of it is, it's, it's a challenge in, in a pastoral role because there's so much pressure about um, not bringing um, the things of the world into the church. And I know that sounds funny, but we are the people that have the power to change the things of the world. But there's this unspoken pressure not to bring the things of the world into the church, which actually doesn't make sense. But and it you know, I won't go through how it all started, but really a lot of it was the threat that we would lose our 501c3 status. And you know what? So what? So what if we do? All that means is that uh, all the contributions won't be tax deductible. Well, God will take care of our taxes some other way, right? But but that really was the big threat that if we brought in things of the government or we brought in things uh, in a political realm or we brought in things uh, in, a, in other areas of the realm, then we would actually be oppressed uh, and not be able to really share what God is showing to us. And I was talking to one of my mentors uh, that I really do appreciate. And we were talking about this a little bit. And she said, you know, she said, We've got to release what God has shown us and, you know, basically let the chips fall as they may. We've, we've got to be able to declare the word of the Lord without any fear of repercussions because it's God that's our strength. It's God that's the one who oversees us, that guides us, that protects us, that goes before us. So um, with all that said, I do want to talk a little bit about this. And we're going to start in 2 Corinthians, I mean, not 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 14. Uh, I did a little Facebook live on this last week. I was just so fired up about it, but I, I want to expand on it a little bit. So if you didn't see the Facebook live, you can go on my page and look at it. But I do want to expand on it a, a little bit because I feel like there's a parallel in what is happening in Second Chronicles 14 with what is happening in America. So let's just get started. Hopefully you're all there. Um, I'm going to switch my view. I want to be able to see everybody. Second Chronicles 14. And King Asa has become the king of Judah. And in verse two, it says that Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord. What, what was good and right. He tore down all the, the pagan idols. He broke down all the pillars that set themselves up against God. And remember, when you think about this, 
these pillars and these idols and these uh, uh, things that were being worshipped other than God were in the land of Judah. So it wasn't like it was outside of the land. It was in the land of Judah. So he tore them all down and he did what was good and right in the Lord by tearing them down, but also by commanding. And let's go to verse four. It said, and he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers to inquire of him and for him and to seek him as a vital necessity and to observe the law given to Moses and the commandments. So the two ways that he did what was good and right is he tore down the distractions, the things that the people had their eyes on that did not align with the Lord. The second thing he did was he commanded everyone to turn back to the Lord's ways. You know, quit looking at other things, turn back to the Lord, do what he says, follow him, and, and we'll be all good. And I know that uh, sounds interesting to think about, but, you know, we look at America and we see her flaws. We, we see the things that she's not. But sometimes we forget to see what she is. You know, America is a country that is free. We, we live in freedom. We, we live the ability to choose and pick where we're going to go to church, what religion we're going to follow. We, we, we live in freedom. Where we're going to send our kids to school. We, we have freedom beyond um, any other nation in the world. The other thing that we have is we have a remnant of God's people that are fighting for America day and night. And you may say, oh, well, that's not me. I don't actually do that. But the prayers that you pray that align uh, with God's heart, you know, praying the word, praying for your family, praying for your neighbor, that is the prayers that are breaking open America to go in a whole different direction. And we may not think that that direction looks the way we think it should look. How many have ever thought that? I, I would really like my prayers to come out and look this way. Me and Rita, I think, oh, wait a minute, we got Caitlin. We got a couple of people that agree with that. Because I know, I've told you guys before, I love to help God figure out what he needs to do. He loves that assistance from his kids. He loves, to, he loves us to throw in our two cents. Because if you look through scripture, you know, you look at Abraham talking to God, you know, uh, negotiating with God for an outcome. He, he wants us to be involved in this. And one of the things we have to really grab a hold of is God is answering our prayers, but it's not looking exactly like we thought it was going to look. And what he's doing is a greater work, a greater thing. Let's go back to the scripture. That was just a little side, side note. Because when, when Asa, when King Asa did these two things, tore down the idols and turned everybody's eyes back to Jesus or back to the Lord, what happened? The Lord gave them peace on all sides. They had peace on all sides. 
And of course, in this, let's read verse seven. It says, um, so Asa, he, uh, so he said to Judah, let us build these cities and surround them with walls, towers, gates, and bars to secure the doors. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. The land is ours because we've sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, longing for him with all of our heart. And he has given us peace on every side. So they built and prospered. You know, there's been a huge shift in America in the last few years because there has been a, not only a seeking for God's best in America by his people, but there has been a recalibration of who's leading America to align with what God wants for us. To align with what God wants for us. And there has been great prosperity in America these last three years, three and a half years, great prosperity. The unemployment had gone way down. Uh, of course, it's up right now, but we know that that will turn too, because we have someone in office, Trump in office, that understands not only, uh, he understands the business side of it, and he's learning the governmental side of it. You know, anyone that does anything is not perfect, right? There's always learning. There's always growing. There's always the need to have people around us pointing us in the right direction and showing us what to do, helping us to grow in what God's called us to do. So just like this, this um, time in, in history, there was great prosperity and peace around us. And uh, Asa had accumulated this great army, 500, I think it's 580,000 men. Yes, 580,000 men. But here comes the enemy. And it's funny in verse nine, it is a familiar industry, enemy. It says now Zurah, the Ethiopian. Now, when I looked up who he was, it said that it was probably more than likely Uzarkin II, an Egyptian from the 22nd dynasty. Now think about that. That was a familiar enemy against Judah, against Israel, were the Egyptians. So here comes a familiar enemy coming back to hit them again. And what do they have? They have an army of three, of one million people. Asa has an army of 580,000. They have a million plus 300 chariots. Now, isn't it funny? Because when I read they had a million plus 300 chariots, in the big scheme of things, 300 chariots didn't seem like very many, did it? I was thinking, now if they said they had 100,000 chariots, I might have been impressed. But apparently, 300 chariots was a big lot back then. So to be able to have that many chariots in your army was quite a, a, um, a coup. So they have decided to battle against Asa. And I want us to look at verse 11. And it said, Asa called out to the Lord, his God, saying, O Lord, there is no one beside you to help in the battle between the powerful and the weak. So help us, O Lord, our God, for we trust in and rely on you and your name. And we have come against this multitude, O Lord. 
You are our God. Let no man prevail against you. Now, there's a couple of interesting things about this. And, and uh, I feel like this is such a now word for us that Asa calls out to the Lord and he said, you're it. You are all we've got. We've got 580,000 men, but actually you are it. You are the one that will get us through this. And not only are you it, we trust in you and we're going to rely on you. So whatever you say goes. So we've chosen you to be our defender, Lord, because we've turned back to you. We've turned away from everything else. It's you. We've chosen you. And whatever you say goes because we trust you and we know it's going to work out. And in this season of uncertainty, in this season of really just, uh, you know, what I, I've felt like it's not so much the virus, but it's the uncertainty around the virus of how it works. Because there's a lot of things, especially when it first hit, we had no idea. We didn't even know what was going on. No one knew what was going on. And it's the uncertainty. You know, when you have certainty about something, then you don't worry about it. But when there's uncertainty, your mind spends a lot of time trying to calculate, trying to figure out what is my next move? What do I do? And in this, I feel like the Lord is teaching us that he's it. He's who we have. He is who we rely on. So God, I don't care if there's, you know, they have a million people and we have 580. For us, there's no gap there. Because even when we talked about on Thursday night, as the Israelites were leaving Egypt and the Egyptians were coming after them, God moved his presence between the Egyptians and the Israelites. He set himself between us and our enemy. He is the buffer zone for us so, so that we trust him. We rely on him. And it's interesting because he says, we have come against this multitude. But they haven't actually done anything yet. They say, we've come against this multitude. No, they've come against this multitude in the name of, of the Lord saying, Lord, here we are. What would you like to do? So in their minds, going to the Lord meant that they had begun the battle against the enemy, even though they had not done one physical war thing yet. Does that make sense? Now, sometimes we, we are turn well, always, our turning to the Lord is our first act of war against the enemy. When we recognize the enemy's coming after us, we turn to the Lord as our first act of war because the Lord has the plan and the strategy for what he wants us to do. You know, there's times through scripture where he says, stand, don't do anything. There's time where he says, only listen to the marching troops in the uh, uh, terebinth tree. You know, he does it different ways every time. And for Asa and, and, the, and, the, uh, and Judah, it said that the Lord, verse 12, it said, so the Lord struck the Ethiopians with defeat before Asa and Judah and the Ethiopians fled. Then all of the troops of Asa went after him and finished it up. 
But before they even got there, it says, verse 13, it says, Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar. And so many Ethiopians fell that none of them were found alive, for they were destroyed before the Lord and his army. So the Lord moved to defeat the Ethiopians. And when King Asa saw he moved, he took his people, the Lord moved, he took his people after them. They go after him, but it says right here that the Ethiopians Opians fell and none of them were found alive for they were destroyed before the Lord and the Lord's army. And Asa and them, they just carried away a large amount of spoil. And then they went on to finish the job to the other cities and towns that were threatening them. But isn't that interesting that the Lord and his army did the work and Asa and Judah reaped the spoils. And I, I really feel like that that is the season that we're in, that the Lord is going before us with his army and he is doing the work. And he's doing things that make us scratch our head and go, what exactly was that? Or how did that actually happen? And in terms of America, you know, I just want to talk about that a little bit because the Lord is showing me that there has been such a breakthrough in the governmental mountain. And we've talked about the mountains quite a bit, the education mountain, there's seven mountains, the religious mountain, but that the Lord has gone and done a breakthrough in the governmental mountain. And it's interesting because he has sent a breaker anointing to tear down the political idols that has set themselves up against the Lord. And he has used President Trump as the answer to the prayers his people were praying. Because President Trump has taken the old wineskin and um, developed a new wineskin that not everyone within the political system is going to be able to fit into. They're going to try to take the old wine and pour into, and it's bursting. And there's such a breaker anointing over America right now. And through all of this is, um, you know, we have sought and prayed for godly leaders. Now, sometimes as a, as a church, as a body, we equate godly to perfect. And, and we know that that's, that's not even possible. There's no, there's no one perfect except the Lord himself. But, but God has answered our prayers that has confounded us in many different ways. But he has answered our prayers. And one of the breaker anointings that we're seeing right now in this season is the unwillingness to bow to the lies that are being spoken. There's such a fearless confrontational um, heart right now that will not allow uh, twists and turns to happen in the media, uh, in the in 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 Washington, and all the officials out there, uh, they're being called out. And I don't know about you, uh, seeing it on TV, it's okay, but it still makes me a little uncomfortable. 
because I'm like, you know, there's millions of people watching and they're having like a, a cat fight right there on, on TV. But God is, is calling. I mean, that's part of the breaker of anointing is to not let the lies rest and to rest, to find ground, to find a seed and permeate the minds of the people. And that's one of the biggest uh, breakers that is happening here. And the other thing that's happening here is because of, you know, we say this all the time, when one breaks through, we all get to go in behind it. And because uh, there has been a breakthrough in the political system, in the government mountain, what we see happening is a new breed of government leaders rising up. And I shared this a little bit last night. So if you heard this, sorry, it's going to be a repeat for you. But there's such a new breed because there's been a, a, a demolishing of fear in the government mountain, a demolishing of fear of, of, of for people wanting to have a different idea that aligns with God, that steps into a official position that can make a change in the areas that they're called to. There is a new boldness uh, that isn't towing any party line. The only party line they're towing is God's party line, the ultimate line that we're to follow, the ultimate um, land lined in the sand. So there, there's people who are rising up that are saying, I am a born again believer. I am going to do what's right for my region, my whatever area I'm elected to. And there's just such a new breed of, of uh, really politicians coming in that carry the uh, purposes of God in their heart. And they are on fire for what they can bring to change our country. And we already see it happening. And like I said, it, you know, it, it's not always everyone. It's some. It's the sum that will, the sum of the people that will stand up and, and do what's right in the Lord that will uh, make them the majority, even though they were the minority. Asa was a minority in this war. Judah was a minority in this war, but they became the majority because they stood up for what the Lord had and they weren't willing to do anything else. And they were victors over a million men. It is the majority that God is promoting. It's the minority that God is promoting to the majority that is shifting our land. And it is an answer to our prayers. We have asked for this. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. You know, one of the words that was given uh, Thursday night, I'm not sure the whole thing was read, but I'm going to read it because they emailed it to me. But it said, um, uh, I heard the Lord directing us to his heart and mind for the economy. Just as King Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge that he could go out before the people, we should be praying for God's wisdom and knowledge to be on our president and his advisors for the president's and for the president's prayer to be for wisdom. And then they wrote, for in praying for this, I heard God responding in the same way as he spoke to Solomon to President Trump. And this is in quotes, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, 
but I've asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may lead my people over whom I have made. You, President, wisdom and knowledge will be granted to you, and I will give this nation riches and wealth and honors such as none of the leaders have had, excuse me, such as none of the leaders have had who were before me, nor shall any after you will have like this. So the word the Lord gave this person was that he had released his request, wisdom and knowledge that would be granted, but also the na this nation, America, will, will receive riches and wealth and honor like no one has had before. And the other, the second part of this, and I just want to share this, was they also mentioned the Queen of Sheba. And it said, um, um, so just as Second Chronicles 9, 4, these visiting leaders will behold the wisdom given by God and, the, and experience the glory of the Lord when you invite them to be prayed over by your spiritual team. So what it's saying is that as nations come in, the president will invite them to be prayed over by his spiritual team. And in July of 2019, the Lord gave me a vision and I saw Trump waving as he stepped onto Air Force One. And he was bold and he was confident. And the Lord said he will circle the world with reconciliation in his hand. So think about this, guys. We're seeing a, a, such a dynamic change in our nation to influence the world around us. I mean, even if we think about what happened in North Korea and the standoff that we had for a moment in time uh, that President Trump was able to defuse. And um, there's many more like that. And I don't have all the examples, but, I, but think about how this season of obedience to the Lord and going after him is going to change the world through America. And uh, someone else sent me this. They've read it on Thursday night too. They said that this was a quote from Lance Wallnow. And I did hear that him say this. It says, if you live in a country that the only restraining force is what the USA might say or do in their aid, and when that force is suddenly taken away, um, no, and when that force is taken away suddenly, they fear for their lives. And he was talking about in context of countries that were under such great oppression. And the only rescue they have is the America's unwillingness to let them be oppressed at that level. So we are, we are, um, I don't even know what to call it. We are in a landmark time in America where we are changing the globe for the kingdom of God. There will be those that will align with us. There will be those that who, who won't. But uh, our call in this season is to fall into line of what God has for us and our country. And even that, I don't even feel like we understand what that is. I feel like as it's presented to us, we just say yes to it. But 
what does our yes look like right now? It's praying for a president. It's praying for our country. It's praying for every single leader and official that's in office right now. That is our call. Um, there are people I know that have um, put their jobs on hold to run for office and praying that, that the anointing of the Lord will be on them and the favor of God will be on them to shift them into that position. There's people I know, in fact, Lance is one of them. And I know I've told the story before, but it, it, it bears repeating. You know, Lance is, was trying to figure out why he was in the government mountain, why God was calling him to the government, you know, and he's, and the Lord told him, he asked the Lord and he said, because every time you prayed in the spirit, that's what you prayed about. It, the government was burning so deep in his heart. He didn't know it in his mind, but his spirit was releasing the cry for the government out of him through praying in the spirit. So who knows what God has for us in this season? Um, I want to just touch on one other thing, because uh, I feel like we, we just have to be positioned and ready for the call uh, that God has for us. And, um, and like with Asa, when we see the enemy coming, the cry to God is that he will, he will go before us with his army and we just pick up the uh, plunder from, from his raid on everything. But I, I want to go through one other thing. Let me just look here real quick. Um, you know, it's funny. We are taking over the government mountain. And it's hard to believe that uh, by some of the things we see, but we are taking over the government mountain. And, and we are seeing the government mountain populated by the people of God from the very bottom to the very top and all in between. And yes, there is a war there. You know, there's definitely some Egyptians with a million men on there, but we also have God in front of us taking care of this for us. Um, and our prayers and our actions are, are, are just moving this even to a greater breakthrough. So anyhow, I'll, I'll stop there. But let me say one other thing. I, I just feel like this is important for us to think about. Um, in Matthew 25, we talk about the 10 virgins, right? We have, the, we have the 10 virgins who are going out. We have five that were fully ready, equipped. They're, they're just waiting. They're on high alert. They're ready. We have five, and it says that they were, let me just flip here real quick. Um, sorry about that. Uh, it says, verse two, it says, five of them were foolish, thoughtless, silly, and careless. And then the five were wise, farsighted, practical, and sensible. And when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil along with their lamps. And, and this is one of the words I felt like the Lord was saying for us today, is we are the wise virgins. We are the people of God who, who have our oil ready, the anointing of the oil of the Holy Spirit, whatever God wants us to do, how he smeared us and, and, and uh, touched us in this season. We're ready. We are not foolish. We are not thoughtless. We are not careless. There may be people we know who are, but that's not us. And the enemy may be trying to get us to lean the other way, spread our oil around, give it out to others. And the Lord says, no, 
you guard your oil. He, you know, when the foolish virgins wanted some of their oil, they said no. Otherwise, we will not be, there will not be enough for us and for you too. So go instead to the dealers and buy the oil for yourself. We have prayed, we have fasted, we have sought after the Lord, we have stayed in the word, we have stayed in community, we have stayed in covenant. We are prepared. Our oil is ready. And uh, the people whose oil is not ready, and this may sound harsh, can't have our oil. Because God has, has given us the preparation, the, the oil that we need to go forward. So they can't have our oil. And what does that look like in an everyday situation? It's, it's people who want to live off of your diligence. They want to live off of your faithfulness. It's almost like vicariously living through your relationship. So hopefully they can come up under what you have. But that is not what the Lord has for us. Everybody has to prepare. They have to pursue. They have to go after the Lord and, and, and they can't get their oil easily off of someone else. The only oil that can be distributed is through the Lord. So we have to tend our wicks, keep them prepared, keep them trimmed, keep them ready because you know, who knows, just like we was talking about, she started her new job this week. Her oil was ready. She was ready to go. Uh, Gene's starting his new job this coming Monday. He's ready to go. He has done the work. He has prepared his heart. We are ready to go. So our oil is not cannot be distributed. Our oil has to be used for the anointing that God has given us. And I'm not talking about feeding the poor. I'm not talking about helping others. I'm talking about that when there is a, a remnant call and the Lord says, everyone who has turned themselves to me, who has prepared their heart to go, let's go. And there's been other people out there and they've been doing whatever they do and they're not ready. We can't say, hold on, Lord. Hold on. Let me see if I can get Judy and Sarah and David and John and Josh and all these people underneath my oil so I can take them with me. No, because the oil will be diluted. God is calling us to tend our oil, to tend our lamp, to fill our flask, which we have been doing faithfully year after year, day after day, hour after hour, because, you know, his uh, ready, set, go is here. And we're going to be using that oil, that anointing. We're going to be using it in, in ways that we had no idea. And one of the, one of the, um, uh, two, well, two of the things that have really been released in the last couple of weeks and released last night was, you know, there's something that God has written inside of you that you don't know yet. Just like I was telling the story of Lance Wall now. The government was written inside of him, but he didn't know yet until but God said, go. There's things that have been written inside of us for, do, for us to do that we aren't aware of yet. 
But when God says go, he's already built the anointing within us to go. And, and again, our anointing, um, our oil can't be splashed out everywhere, hoping some other people will come with us. We have to encourage those to pursue God as we do, uh, as our body does, and, and, and trust that the Lord will get whoever in the right position to go where it needs to go and, and not be without the oil that they need. Amen? Amen. So um, I just feel like this is so, that's important. Um, the uh, little note I made about it was uh, the, the wicks were ready. The oil flasks were filled. They were connected to Jesus and they were connected to the body. They were connected to others who were ready. And, and that's the word for us. Our wicks are filled. Um, I mean, our, our wicks are ready. Our flasks are filled. We're connected to Jesus and we're connected to others who have their wicks and flasks ready to go. So I just want to encourage you guys in that. Um, and did you guys prepare communion? I sent out a little note about communion. I want us to have communion real quick. And uh, if you need to run, get it, uh, no worries. We can do that. Um, I, I feel like there's other people that the Lord has talked to about making sure that your 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 flask have been full. I you know he may not have used that those same words. He may not have used the parable of the uh, ten virgins, but I feel like there's others who who have that word on them that they have prepared. They've been steadfast and they've been ready. Um, and, and set to go. So I, I just want to open it up for a minute. If, if anyone's got someone to add to that, someone to add, something to add to that. While everyone gets communion. And if not, that's okay too. I just wanted to check on that. I felt like there might be others that had that word too. Okay. So everybody ready for communion? Amen. It won't be long, I'm telling you, before we'll be able to all have communion in the flesh, face to face. I just, I just have a, uh, a sense about that. So we're just going to keep praying into God's perfect timing in releasing each state, each area. Hmm. And as we have communion, I, I want us to pray into, before we start, first of all, we, of course, we want to prepare our hearts, but I want us to uh, really pray into, um, uh, you know, I've got two things going in my mind at the same time. Okay, work with me, work with me. Uh, I really want us to pray into, uh, is there anything else we need, Lord, um, in order to have our ready, set, go for you. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.